0: Section 88, Introduction The major portion of Section 88 was received on December the 27th, 1832, just two days after Section 85, which came on Christmas Day. The church historical records indicate that portions of Section 88 were received on December 28, 1832, and the remainder on January 3, 1833. Although Section 88 was addressed to Joseph Smith, it was given to a group of unnamed leaders who were close to the prophet and anxious to have the word of the Lord. Thirteen months earlier, the Lord had said in section 71, verse 1, that he wanted Joseph and Sidney to begin proclaiming the, quote, mysteries in the scriptures, unquote. Now, over a year later, the Lord uses section 88 to tell them how to set up a school of the prophets so they can understand the, quote, mysteries in the scriptures, unquote, and learn how to explain them to others. It is interesting that after Joseph received this revelation, he did not immediately circulate it. In fact, it was January 14, 1833, over a year later, that a copy of Section 88 was sent to Elder William W. Phelps in Jackson County, Missouri. With it, Joseph sent a strongly worded letter. Among other things, he said, I send you the olive leaf which we have plucked from the tree of paradise, the Lord's message of peace to us. For though our brethren in Zion indulge in feelings toward us, yet we have the satisfaction of knowing that the Lord approves of us and has accepted us and established his name in Kirtland for the salvation of the nation. For the Lord will have a place whence his word will go forth in these last days in purity. For if Zion will not purify herself, so as to be approved of all things in his sight, he will seek another people, for his work will go on until Israel is gathered, and they who will not hear his voice must expect to feel his wrath." And that's in the History of the Church, Volume 1, page 302. Now Joseph went on to say, Our hearts are greatly grieved at the spirit which is breathed both in your letter and that of Brother Gilbert's, the very spirit which is wasting the strength of Zion like a pestilence. And if it is not detected and driven from you, it will ripen Zion for the threatening judgment of God. This is from your brother who trembles for Zion, and for the wrath of heaven, which awaits her if she repents not, And that's also in the history of the church, volume 1, page 302. Although the disobedient and somewhat arrogant leaders in Zion did not know it, they were only a few months away from suffering the full fury of mob violence. Meanwhile, here is the olive leaf of peace from their prophet, which was either ignored or treated indifferently. And this brings us to the text of section
1: 88. Verily thus saith the Lord unto you who have assembled yourselves together to receive his will concerning you.
0: It is from this verse that we learn that Joseph Smith received this revelation while in the company of a group of faithful elders who were anxious to hear the word of the Lord. Behold,
1: this is pleasing unto your Lord, and the angels rejoice over you. The alms of your prayers have come up into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, and are recorded in the book of the names of the sanctified, even them of the celestial world. The Lord was very pleased with this body
0: of men who had gathered with Joseph to receive this revelation. They had been accepted by the Father. In fact, their names were recorded in God's book of life, which lists those who are sanctified sufficiently
1: to qualify them for a place in the celestial kingdom. Wherefore, I now send upon you another comforter, even upon you, my friends, that it may abide in your hearts even the Holy Spirit of promise. Which other comforter is the same that I promised unto my disciples, as is recorded in the testimony of John? This comforter is the promise which I give unto you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom. Which glory is that of the church of the firstborn, even of God, the holiest of all, through Jesus Christ his Son? The Lord promises these choice, brethren, another comforter,
0: the second comforter, which entitles them to a place in the Father's kingdom. They are also promised a second endowment, which entitles them to a special anointing, by which they can be assured of salvation, and in due time, the privilege of being ministered to by the Savior himself.
1: He that ascended up on high as also he descended below all things, in that he comprehended all things, that he might be in all and through all things the light of truth. Beginning with this verse, Jesus begins reciting
0: some of the great truths about himself. Jesus says he ascended on high, but it is not until we reach section 93 that we learn of the extended period of time required for Jehovah or Jesus to be perfected so he could serve as the Father's general manager for this round of creation. He also descended to the very depths of hell during the redemptive sacrifice so that he came to comprehend all things and as the Father's general manager project himself through all things and be known as the light of truth. To understand the light of truth, we need to know that everything in existence is composed of individual intelligences and bits of primal matter something to act and something to be acted upon, as Father Lehi said in 2 Nephi 2 and 14. Brigham Young explained that these individual intelligences are in everything. Quote, there is life or intelligence in all matter throughout the vast extent of the eternities. It is in the rock, the sand in water, air, the gases, and in short, in every description and organization of matter, whether it be solid, liquid, or gaseous, particle operating with particle, That's from the Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 277. Jehovah, or Jesus, spent eons training those intelligences and assigning them to their respective places, He is in constant communication with these intelligences and is the light by which they are governed. Notice that Jesus is called, quote, the light of truth, unquote. Truth refers to, quote, things, unquote, in this verse. We are told that truth is knowledge of things as they are, and as they were, and as they are to come. That's taken from Doctrine and Covenants 93 and 24. In other words, truth is identified with, quote, reality, unquote. The intelligence in all reality or all things are in direct communication with the Savior. Therefore, he is the supreme light or control center for everything in existence. Which truth
1: shineth? This is the light of Christ. As also... He is in the sun, and the light of the sun, and the power thereof by which it was made. Now we come to an exciting facet of God's science,
0: and that is the fact that all things shineth. This means that all things, or everything in existence, is communicating back to Jesus. Every intelligence is broadcasting back to the Savior where it is, what it is doing, and what it is thinking. Verse 7 tells us that this massive system of total intercommunication is called, quote, the light of Christ, unquote. Therefore the Lord can say that he is in the light of the sun and the power by which it was made.
1: As also he is in the moon and is the light of the moon and the power thereof by which it was made. His vast communication system reaches
0: every intelligence and particle of primal matter in the moon. Therefore the Savior is in the moon, and
1: the power by which it was made. As also the light of the stars, and the power thereof by which they were made.
0: This would be equally true of the stars, and the power by which they were made. He was the Father's general manager that brought them all into existence.
1: And the earth also, and the power thereof, even the earth upon which you stand. The earth on which we live was also brought about by the Savior's
0: organizing power, and he is in communication with every particle of it. Of course, the Savior is well aware that these principles of God's science are difficult for human beings to understand. Nevertheless, he wants us to know they are true, whether we comprehend them or not.
1: And the light which shineth, which giveth you light is through him who enlighteneth your eyes, which is the same light that quickeneth your understandings. The radiant intelligence of the
0: Savior which floods the universe is like our own intelligence that allows us to enjoy our faculties of sight, sound, and mental exercise.
1: Which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God to fill the immensity of space? All of these blessings
0: which are part of our nature and which we think are self-contained actually acquire their capacity from the light of Christ, which fills the immensity of space. As we shall see in verse 37 of this section, the term space refers to the limited area of the eternities where the gods are performing their great labor we further learn that they never build kingdoms outside of this sacred workspace. The
1: light which is in all things, which giveth life to all things, which is the law by which all things are governed, even the power of God who sitteth upon his throne, who is in the bosom of eternity, who is in the midst of all things. The Lord summarizes what he has told us in the
0: last seven verses. He says this radiant essence of life, light, or intelligence is capable of serving as a communication medium throughout this round of creation it is capable of transferring power as well as light. Light is therefore the means by which God governs the universe, and is therefore identified with God,
1: who reigns from his throne in the midst of his vast kingdoms. Now verily I say unto you, that through the redemption which is made for you is brought to pass the resurrection from the dead.
0: Through the Savior's glorious redemption, he is able to bring about the resurrection. And the spirit and the body are the soul of man. The spirit tabernacle and the physical tabernacle comprise what the Lord calls the soul of man. And the resurrection from the dead is the redemption of the soul. The resurrection process is the means by which the physical body and spirit body are united forever.
1: And the redemption of the soul is through him that quickeneth all things, in whose bosom it is decreed that the poor and the meek of the earth shall
0: inherit it. The redemption or marvelous uniting of the body and the spirit is done by the Savior, who is also the one who quickeneth or glorifies all things, even the earth which will be resurrected and be inhabited by the poor and the meek of the earth who have preserved themselves in righteousness.
1: Therefore it must needs be sanctified from all unrighteousness that it may be prepared for the celestial glory.
0: In order for the earth to be glorified, it must be first sanctified and cleansed from all rebellion, sin, and
1: unrighteousness. For after it hath filled the measure of its creation, it shall be crowned with glory, even with the presence of God the Father. The earth was designed from the beginning to become a glorified residence for God the Father that bodies who are of the celestial kingdom may possess it forever and ever. For for this intent was it made and created, and for this intent are they sanctified.
0: Not only will the Father dwell on this earth, but so will all those who have inherited celestial tabernacles in the resurrection.
1: And they who are not sanctified through the law which I have given unto you, even the law of Christ, must inherit another kingdom, even that of a terrestrial kingdom or that of a celestial kingdom. Those
0: who cannot be completely sanctified by God because they have not lived the commandments of the Father must inherit a kingdom of lesser glory. For example, the kingdom which is immediately below the celestial kingdom is called a
1: terrestrial kingdom. For he who is not able to abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide a celestial glory. This is because
0: a person who has not lived the celestial law cannot inherit a
1: celestial glory. And he who cannot abide the law of a terrestrial kingdom cannot abide a terrestrial glory.
0: This is also true of those who cannot live the law of the terrestrial glory. None can enjoy the terrestrial glory unless they have lived the terrestrial law.
1: And he who cannot abide the law of a celestial kingdom cannot abide a celestial glory. Therefore he is not meet for a kingdom of glory. Therefore he must abide a kingdom which is not a kingdom of glory. By the
0: same token, a person cannot inherit the telestial kingdom unless they have complied with the telestial law. Such individuals who have been wretchedly wicked and not even lived the telestial law must go to a kingdom without any glory. That, of course, would be outer darkness, where the sons of perdition, quote, return again, unquote, after being stripped of any kind of embodiment they may have acquired in the first and second estates. And we read about this in Doctrine and
1: Covenants, section 88, verse 32. And again, Verily I say unto you, The earth abideth the law of a celestial kingdom, for it filleth the measure of its creation, and transgresseth not
0: the law. The Lord now pays a supreme compliment to the intelligences that comprise the planet earth. He says they have obeyed the highest law in all eternity, the celestial law and therefore fulfill
1: the full measure of their creation with perfection. Wherefore it shall be sanctified, yea, notwithstanding it shall die, it shall be quickened again, and shall abide the power by which it is quickened, and the righteous shall inherit it. Because of the righteousness
0: of the intelligences comprising this planet, the earth will be sanctified. However, it cannot be glorified until it has gone through the death process of having the spirit earth divided from the temple earth. Then the righteous shall receive it as their eternal legacy. For
1: notwithstanding they die, they also shall rise again a spiritual body. But all of these must pass through the death process
0: and the resurrected body they receive is on the, quote, spiritual, unquote, plane. Therefore, their resurrected bodies are spiritual bodies. This is why the Father is sometimes called a spirit, because that is the level of refinement of his resurrected body. The reference
1: for this is John chapter 4, verse 24. They who are of a celestial spirit shall receive the same body which was a natural body. Even ye shall receive your bodies, and your glory shall be that glory by which your bodies are quickened. In this verse, we have the secret as
0: to why we must die and why death is part of God's merciful plan. God must have the spirit out of the body, even if it is merely for the twinkling of an eye, because while the spirit is separated from the body, God quickens the spirit to the degree of glory for which it is worthy, and then the spirit is the means by which the body is quickened. In other words, God's science requires the spirit to be separated from the body long enough to be glorified or quickened, and then the spirit is used as a catalyst to quicken the body. So we can say that the key to the resurrection is
1: death. Otherwise, the spirit is locked in the body forever. Ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall then receive of the same even a fullness The attaining of the fullness
0: of glory in the celestial kingdom is made possible for all who receive
1: a portion of celestial glory. And they who are quickened by a portion of the terrestrial glory shall then receive of the same even a fullness. This is also true for those who receive a portion of the terrestrial glory. They may advance until they have received a fullness. And also they who are quickened by a portion of the telestial glory shall then receive of the same, even of fullness. The same may be said of the
0: telestial glory. Those who receive a portion can advance until they have
1: attained a fullness. And they who remain shall also be quickened. Nevertheless, they shall return again to their own place to enjoy that which they are willing to receive because they were not willing to enjoy that which they might have received. Now we come to
0: those who are not worthy of any portion of glory whatever. These, quote, return again, unquote, it says, to the region from which they originated, which is outer darkness. Notice that the sons of perdition are quickened or resurrected, but not to any degree of glory. Therefore they suffer the second death, the loss of their resurrected bodies, and suffer the permanent agonies of hell, as described in section 76, verses 32 to 33. And never again will they have another chance. That's Doctrine and Covenants 29 and 29. For
1: what doth it profit a man if a gift is bestowed upon him, and he receive not the gift? Behold, he rejoices not in that which is given unto him, neither rejoices in him who is the giver of the gift.
0: The supreme sin of the son of perdition is that he spurned and rejected every aspect of God's great gift of life and redemption. By the same token, he totally rejected God as well as his gift.
1: And again, verily I say unto you, that which is governed by law is also preserved by law and perfected and sanctified by the same.
0: The entire structure of God's science is based on law. Not only is the individual governed by law, but he or she is protected,
1: preserved, and sanctified by law. That which breaketh a law, and abideth not by law, but seeketh to become a law unto itself, and willeth to abide in sin, and altogether abideth in sin, cannot be sanctified by law, neither by mercy justice nor judgment. Therefore they must remain filthy still.
0: The greatest insult to God is to reject God's law and irreverently set up a corrupt self-centered system of laws. There is no mercy for one who is a law unto himself. His problem is that he justifies himself in his own private system of law, while he or she altogether abideth in sin according to God's law. Therefore they will remain filthy and corrupt forever. The genius of order in God's vast realm is that every single kingdom, and they number as many as the sands of the sea, operate under a system
1: of law. All kingdoms have a law given, and there are many kingdoms, for there is no space in the which there is no kingdom, and there is no kingdom in which there is no space, either a greater or a lesser kingdom. Now we come to a verse that has one of my missionary
0: stories connected with it. While I was on a mission in England, I read in the Doctrine and Covenant, section 71, that the Lord wanted Joseph Smith to begin proclaiming the mysteries in the Scriptures. I was only 17 at the time and had the audacity to tell my mission president that I didn't know of any mysteries in the scriptures. I said, they all seemed very clear to me. With a sly look in his eye, Elder John A. Witcher told me to turn to this 37th verse of section 88 and explain to him what space is. I said, oh, that's easy. It's everything from here on out. "'Wrong,' said President Mitchell. "'Read verse 37. "'I did so and suddenly realized I didn't know what it meant. "'Only after an extensive discussion "'did I really appreciate the definition of space. "'Space is a well-defined region in the eternities "'where the family of the gods are performing their great labor.' They never build any kingdom outside of space. All of their work is done within this sacred territory called space. I asked President Witzer why God would make this great concept so difficult to understand. He said quote to keep you humble and get you to rely on the spirit which will whisper what it really means, unquote. He then said there are a lot of mysteries in
1: section eighty <laughs> eight and unto every kingdom is given a law, and unto every law there are certain bounds also and conditions. This verse simply emphasizes that the vast complexity
0: of God's realm of glory is totally comprehensible to him because everything is operating according to his law. Each kingdom has bounds
1: and conditions which are set up by God. All beings who abide not in those conditions are not justified. Obedience is the first
0: law of heaven. That means obedience to God's law. Therefore, anyone who does not abide by God's law is operating in the dark
1: and headed for a crash. For intelligence cleaveth unto intelligence. Wisdom receiveth wisdom. Truth embraceth truth. Virtue loveth virtue. Light cleaveth unto light. Mercy hath compassion on mercy and claimeth her own. Justice continueth its course and claimeth its own. Judgment goeth before the face of him who sitteth upon the throne and governeth and executeth all things. Now we come to the secret of God's success.
0: He has trained and organized all of the intelligences to follow certain pre-designed patterns. When he tells the molecules of water to provide wine, a high grade of wine, by the way, (laughs) they know exactly what to do. He can tell blind eyes to perform as originally designed, and suddenly the man can see. When the Lord or his servants make the lame walk, the deaf hear, or the dead arise— we call these phenomena miracles. Actually, they are simply situations where the Lord or his servants is talking to the intelligences and having them obey. These intelligences have millions of years of training and rejoice to do exactly what their beloved master or his servants ask them to do. Among all these intelligences, there is mutual affinity. Therefore, intelligence cleaveth to intelligence. Wisdom receiveth wisdom, truth embraceth truth, and virtue, light, mercy, and justice all have their order of conduct by which they carry out the
1: purposes of God. He comprehendeth all things, and all things are before him, and all things are round about him. And he is above all things, and in all things, and is through all things, and is round about all things and all things are by him, and of him, even God, forever and ever. We
0: have already seen how the universal communication of intelligences permits God to know all things, govern all things, and have all things
1: obey him. And again verily I say unto you, He hath given a law unto all things, by which they move in their times and their seasons, and their courses are fixed even the courses of the heavens and the earth, which comprehend the earth and all the planets.
0: There is nothing in nature that amazes mankind more than the astronomical
1: wonders of the heavens. And they give light to each other in their times and in their seasons, in their minutes, in their hours, in their days, in their weeks, in their months, in their years. All these are one year with God, but not with man. The earth rolls upon her wings and the sun giveth his light by day and the moon giveth her light by night and the stars also give their light as they roll upon their wings in their glory in the midst of the power of God.
0: Truly the marvels of the heavens are so stupendous that as we gaze into the sky we are seeing God moving in all his majesty
1: and power. Unto what shall I liken these kingdoms that ye may understand? Behold, all these are kingdoms, and any man who hath seen any or the least of these hath seen God moving in his majesty and power. I say unto you, he hath seen him. Nevertheless, he who came unto his own was not comprehended. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Nevertheless, the day shall come when you shall comprehend even God. Being quickened in him and by him, then shall ye know that ye have seen me, that I am, and that I am the true light that is in you, and that you are in me. Otherwise ye could not abound. In these three verses, God
0: refers to the anomaly that even though he is God's great manager of this round of creation, no man knew him when he ministered in the earth in the meridian of time. Everyone, including the apostles, thought he was the King Messiah and lost their testimonies when he failed to overthrow the Romans and make the Jews the rulers of the world. He allowed himself to be crucified and laid in a tomb. Truly, no man knew that he had come in the meridian of time as a redeemer, not the King Messiah. That event would be around 2,000 years later. Then he would become known as the King Messiah. Meanwhile, Jesus had a parable for his modern disciples who were receiving the restored gospel.
1: He said, Behold. I will liken these kingdoms unto a man having a field. And he sent forth his servants into the field to dig in the field. And he said unto the first, Go ye and labor in the field, and in the first hour I will come unto you, and ye shall behold the joy of my countenance. And he said unto the second, Go ye also into the field, and in the second hour I will visit you with the joy of my countenance and also unto the third, saying, I will visit you, and unto the fourth, and so on, unto the twelfth. And the Lord of the field went unto the first in the first hour, and tarried with him all that hour. And he was made glad with the light of the countenance of his Lord. And then he withdrew from the first, that he might visit the second also, and the third, and the fourth, and so on, unto the twelfth. And thus they all received the light of the countenance of their Lord, every man in his hour, and in his time, and in his season, beginning at the first, and so on unto the last, and from the last unto the first, and from the first unto the last, every man in his own order, until his hour was finished, even according as his Lord had commanded him, that his Lord might be glorified in him and he in his Lord, that they all might be glorified. Therefore, unto this parable I will liken all these kingdoms, and the inhabitants thereof, every kingdom in its hour, and in its time, and in its season, even according to the decree which God hath made. And again verily I say unto you, my friends, I leave these sayings with you to ponder in your hearts with this commandment which I give unto you, that ye shall call upon me while I am near. Draw near unto me, and I will draw near unto you. Seek me diligently, and ye shall find me. Ask, and ye shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. The
0: Lord is practically pleading with Joseph and his modern disciples to stay close to him, to seek him diligently, and pray continually
1: for more knowledge. Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, it shall be given unto you that is expedient for you. And if ye ask anything that is not expedient for you, it shall turn unto your condemnation.
0: It is difficult to imagine that anyone would pray for something that might be a condemnation to him, even if it were granted. But the Lord warns that sometimes this happens. The Lord wants to communicate with his modern disciples on a continuous basis through the
1: Spirit. He says, Behold, that which you hear is as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, in the wilderness because you cannot see him, my voice, because my voice is spirit, my spirit is truth, truth abideth, and hath no end. And if it be in you, it shall abound. And if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light, and there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore, sanctify yourselves that your minds become single to god and the days will come that you shall see him for he will unveil his face unto you and it shall be in his own time and in his own way and according to his own will
0: here is the savior's promise that if they are faithful he will show himself to them
1: now he counsels them Remember the great and last promise which I have made unto you. Cast away your idle thoughts, and your excess of laughter far from you. Tarry ye, tarry ye in this place, and call a solemn assembly, even of those who are the first laborers in this last kingdom. And let those whom they have warned in their traveling call on the Lord." and ponder the warning in their hearts which they have received for a little season. Behold, and lo, I will take care of your flocks, and will raise up elders and send unto them. Behold, I will hasten my work in its time. When I went on a
0: mission to England in 1930, I was told that the work of the Lord was moving very slowly all over the world. Three or four baptisms on a two-year mission was not unusual. Today, however, we have some missionaries baptizing over a hundred, just as Wilford would refuse to do. Today the Lord is really hastening his work in many regions. Now we come to the Lord's instructions concerning the study of the deeper doctrines
1: of the kingdom. And I give unto you who are the first laborers in this last kingdom a commandment that you assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves, yea, purify your hearts and cleanse your hands and your feet before me, that I may make you clean, that I may testify unto your Father and your God and my God that you are clean from the blood of this wicked generation, that I may fulfill this promise this great and last promise which I have made unto you, when I will. Also I give unto you a commandment, that ye shall continue in prayer and fasting from this time forth."
0: The Lord wanted the saints to make a very comprehensive study of the Gospel.
1: And I give unto you a commandment, that you shall teach one another the doctrine of the kingdom. Teach ye diligently, and my grace shall attend you that you may be instructed more perfectly in theory, in principle, in doctrine, in the law of the gospel, in all things that pertain unto the kingdom of God that are expedient for you to understand.
0: Now the Lord itemizes the fields of secular knowledge the saints
1: should study, of things both in heaven and in the earth and under the earth, things which have been, things which are, things which must shortly come to pass, things which are at home, things which are abroad, the wars and the perplexities of the nations and the judgments which are on the land, and a knowledge also of countries and of kingdoms. Notice that the Lord has urged the saints to learn as
0: much as they can about astronomy, geology, ancient history, current history, prophecy, foreign affairs, wars and conflicts, and the judgments of God in various parts of the world, such as floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, and other natural disasters. The Lord has his own reasons for developing a well-informed, highly cultured people.
1: That ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you, and the mission. WITH WHICH I HAVE COMMISSIONED YOU. BEHOLD, I SENT YOU OUT TO TESTIFY AND WARN THE PEOPLE, AND IT BECOMETH EVERY MAN WHO HATH BEEN WARNED TO WARN HIS NEIGHBOR. THEREFORE THEY ARE LEFT WITHOUT EXCUSE, AND THEIR SINS ARE UPON THEIR OWN HEADS. HE THAT SEEKETH ME EARLY SHALL FIND ME, AND SHALL NOT BE FORSAKEN. THEREFORE TARRY YE, AND LABOR DILIGENTLY, that you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time, as many as the mouth of the Lord shall name, to bind up the law and seal up the testimony, and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment which is to come, that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination which awaits the wicked, both in this world and in the world to come. VERILY I SAY UNTO YOU, LET THOSE WHO ARE NOT THE FIRST ELDERS CONTINUE IN THE VINEYARD UNTIL THE MOUTH OF THE LORD SHALL CALL THEM, FOR THEIR TIME IS NOT YET COME. THEIR GARMENTS ARE NOT CLEAN FROM THE BLOOD OF THIS GENERATION. NOW THE LORD TALKS ABOUT LIBERTY,
0: AND PREPARING FOR THE TROUBLESOME TIMES THAT LIE AHEAD. ABIDE YE
1: IN THE LIBERTY WHEREWITH YE ARE MADE FREE. Entangle not yourselves in sin, but let your hands be clean until the Lord comes. For not many days hence, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man. And the sun shall hide his face, and shall refuse to give light. And the moon shall be bathed in blood, and the stars shall become exceedingly angry, and shall cast themselves down as a fig that falleth from off a fig-tree. And after your testimony cometh wrath and indignation upon the people. For after your testimony cometh the testimony of earthquakes, that shall cause groanings in the midst of her. And men shall fall upon the ground, and shall not be able to stand. And also cometh the testimony of the voice of thunderings, and the voice of lightnings, and the voice of tempests, and the voice of the waves of the sea heaving themselves beyond their bounds. And all things shall be in commotion, and surely men's hearts shall fail them, for fear shall come upon all people. All of this
0: will fulfill God's prophecies concerning the last days, and it will be accompanied by marvelous revelations proclaimed by the ministering of angels.
1: And angels shall fly through the midst of heaven crying with a loud voice, sounding the trump of God, saying, Prepare ye, prepare ye, O inhabitants of the earth, for the judgment of our God is come. Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh go ye out to meet him. And immediately there shall appear a great sign in heaven, and all people shall see it together. And another angel shall sound his trump, saying, That great church, the mother of abominations, that made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, that persecuteth the saints of God, that shed their blood, She who sitteth upon many waters, and upon the islands of the sea, behold, she is the tares of the earth, she is bound in bundles, her bands are made strong, no man can loose them, therefore she is ready to be burned. And he shall sound his trump both long and loud, and all nations shall hear it, After
0: the earth has been prepared for the second coming, the Lord says, And there shall
1: be silence in heaven for the space of half an hour, and immediately after shall the curtain of heaven be unfolded, as a scroll is unfolded after it is rolled up, and the face of the Lord shall be unveiled. And the saints that are upon the earth, who are alive, shall be quickened, and shall be caught up to meet him. And they who have slept in their graves shall come forth, for their graves shall be opened, and they also shall be caught up to meet him in the midst of the pillar of heaven. They are Christ's, the first fruits, they who shall descend with him first, and they who are on the earth and in their graves, who are first caught up to meet him. And all this by the voice of the sounding of the trump of the angel of
0: God. Now we learn of events which are associated with the rest of the
1: sounding of trumps. And after this another angel shall sound, which is the second trump. And then cometh the redemption of those who are Christ's at his coming, who have received their part in that prison which is prepared for them, that they might receive the gospel, and be judged according to men in the flesh. And again, another trump shall sound, which is the third trump. And then come the spirits of men who are to be judged, and are found under condemnation. And these are the rest of the dead, and they live not again until the thousand years are ended, neither again until the end of the earth." and another trump shall sound, which is the fourth trump, saying, There are found among those who are to remain until that great and last day, even the end, who shall remain filthy still. And another trump shall sound, which is the fifth trump, which is the fifth angel who committeth the everlasting gospel, flying through the midst of heaven unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And this shall be the sound of his trump, saying to all people, both in heaven and in earth, and that are under the earth, for every ear shall hear it, and every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess, while they hear the sound of the trump, saying, Fear God, and give glory to him who sitteth upon the throne forever and ever, for the hour of his judgment is come, and again another angel shall sound his trump, which is the sixth angel, saying, She is fallen, who made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. She is fallen, is fallen, and again another angel shall sound his trump, which is the seventh angel, saying, It is finished, it is finished. The Lamb of God hath overcome and trodden the winepress alone, even the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God.
0: At this point the Lord will reward His faithful servants who have labored with great diligence from generation to generation. And then shall the
1: angels be crowned with the glory of his might, and the saints shall be filled with his glory, and receive their inheritance, and be made equal with him. In the next three verses,
0: the Lord presses forward in leaps and bounds. He says God will reveal the entire history of the world a thousand years at a time, he will reveal the secret acts of men as well as the mighty works of God.
1: And then shall the first angel again sound his trump in the ears of all living, and reveal the secret acts of men and the mighty works of God in the first thousand years. And then shall the second angel sound his trump and reveal the secret acts of men and the thoughts and intents of their hearts. AND THE MIGHTY WORKS OF GOD IN THE SECOND THOUSAND YEARS, AND SO ON, UNTIL THE SEVENTH ANGEL SHALL SOUND HIS TRUMP, AND HE SHALL STAND FORTH UPON THE LAND AND UPON THE SEA, AND SWEAR IN THE NAME OF HIM WHO SITTETH UPON THE THRONE, THAT THERE SHALL BE TIME NO LONGER, AND SATAN SHALL BE BOUND, THAT OLD SERPENT WHO IS CALLED THE DEVIL and shall not be loosed for the space of a thousand years. The Lord
0: says that at the end of the millennium, Satan will be loosed for a little season, and Michael will prepare the saints for the great last war against the devil and his
1: hosts before the end of the world. And then he shall be loosed for a little season, that he may gather together his armies. And Michael, the seventh angel, even the archangel, shall gather together his armies, even the hosts of heaven. And the devil shall gather together his armies, even the hosts of hell, and shall come up to battle against Michael and his armies. And then cometh the battle of the great God. And the devil and his armies shall be cast away into their own place, that they shall not have power over the saints any more at all. For Michael shall fight their battles, and shall overcome him who seeketh the throne, of him who sitteth upon the throne, even the Lamb. This is the glory of God, and the sanctified, and they shall not any more see death.
0: Now the Lord emphasizes again the need for the prophet Joseph and the other leaders of the church to become diligent students. He says,
1: Therefore, verily I say unto you, my friends, call your solemn assembly as I have commanded you, and as all have not faith, seek ye diligently and teach one another words of wisdom. Yea, seek ye out of the best books words of wisdom. Seek learning, even by study and also by faith.
0: Now the Lord is ready to talk about building a temple of learning and a school of the prophets.
1: Organize yourselves. Prepare every needful thing. And establish a house, even a house of prayer, a house of fasting, a house of faith, a house of learning, a house of glory, a house of order a house of God, that your incomings may be in the name of the Lord, that your outgoings may be in the name of the Lord, that all your salutations may be in the name of the Lord, with uplifted hands unto the Most High. Therefore, cease from all your light speeches, from all laughter, from all your lustful desires, from all your pride and light-mindedness, and from all your wicked doings. Appoint among yourselves a teacher, and let not all be spokesmen at once, but let one speak at a time, and let all listen unto his sayings. That when all have spoken, that all may be edified of all, and that every man may have an equal privilege. Notice that each person is to be
0: allowed to express himself without being interrupted. Next, the Lord
1: describes the kind of lives the saints should live. See that ye love one another. Cease to be covetous. Learn to impart one to another as the gospel requires. Cease to be idle. Cease to be unclean. Cease to find fault one with another. Cease to sleep longer than is needful. Retire to thy bed early, that ye may not be weary. Arise early, that your bodies and your minds may be invigorated. And above all things, clothe yourselves with the bond of charity, as with a mantle, which is the bond of perfectness and peace. Pray always, that ye may not faint, until I come. Behold, and lo, I will come quickly." and receive you unto myself. Amen. The Lord now
0: directs his instruction to Joseph and his brethren concerning the setting up of the
1: school of the prophets. And again, the order of the house prepared for the presidency of the school of the prophets, established for their instruction in all things that are expedient for them, even for all the officers of the church, or in other words, Those who are called to the ministry in the church, beginning at the high priests, even down to the deacons. And this shall be the order of the house of the presidency of the school. He that is appointed to be president, or teacher, shall be found standing in his place in the house which shall be prepared for him. Therefore, he shall be first in the house of God, in a place that the congregation in the house may hear his words carefully, and distinctly, not with loud speech. And when he cometh into the house of God, for he should be first in the house, behold, this is beautiful that he may be an example. Let him offer himself in prayer upon his knees before God, in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant. And when any shall come in after him, let the teacher arise and with uplifted hands to heaven, yea, even directly, salute his brother or brethren with these words. Art thou a brother or brethren? I salute you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in token or remembrance of the everlasting covenant, in which covenant I receive you to fellowship, in a determination that is fixed, immovable, and unchangeable, to be your friend and brother through the grace of God in the bonds of love, to walk in all the commandments of God blameless, in thanksgiving, forever and ever. Amen. Notice how
0: careful the brethren must be concerning the worthiness of those who attend the school.
1: And he that is found unworthy of this salutation shall not have place among you, For ye shall not suffer that mine house shall be polluted by him. And he that cometh in, and is faithful before me, and is a brother, or if they be brethren, they shall salute the president or teacher with uplifted hands to heaven, with this same prayer and covenant, or by saying, Amen, in token of the same. Behold, verily I say unto you, this is an ensample unto you for a salutation, to one another in the house of God, in the school of the prophets. The Lord will also describe how the participants provide a spiritual atmosphere for their class. And ye are called to do this by prayer and thanksgiving, as the Spirit shall give utterance in all your doings in the house of the Lord, in the school of the prophets, that it may become a sanctuary, a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit to your edification, and ye shall not receive any among you into this school, save he is clean from the blood of this generation.
0: This means that those who attend the school must have fulfilled their missions faithfully, and have prepared themselves to teach the gospel. Those who attend the school must also be worthy to receive the washing of feet, which is a very sacred ordinance.
1: And he shall be received by the ordinance of the washing of feet. For unto this end was the ordinance of the washing of feet instituted. And again, the ordinance of washing feet is to be administered by the president or presiding elder of the church.
0: Notice that the school of the prophets is to be opened by having all the members partake of the emblems of the sacrament. Finally, the teacher takes over. What a great blessing and privilege it was to be a teacher in the school of the
1: prophets. It is to be commenced with prayer, and after partaking of bread and wine, he is to gird himself according to the pattern given in the 13th chapter of John's Testimony concerning me. Amen. If you are enjoying this podcast with W. Cleon Skousen, you might enjoy his lecture recordings while at Brigham Young University, found at skousenlibrary.com.